0: Hope you've managed to feed your coffee addictions or whatever it is. If you have a Bible with you, could you turn to Matthew chapter 9? If not, don't worry, it's going to come up on the screen in just a moment. Those of you who've been away or um, are new, we are in, uh, uh, we're going to the end of this series on what could the church or what should maybe the church look like in our time? And we've been talking about the moments where we see God's people connected acutely to his presence. Um, uh, in the Garden of Eden before the fall, in Revelation, uh, when, uh, when God returns to be with his people. And then when Jesus is amongst his people in, uh, in the Gospels, when Jesus is around, what, did the, what marked out the people in those moments? And we've talked over the last few weeks about um, talent, what is it that God has equipped us with, skilled us with, designed us for, purposed us for? a brilliant interview with, with T a few weeks ago. And then Eunice was interviewed around transformation. What did it look like for us to be a people of transformation? A people that were adding to all that God is, is doing and being a part of bringing and ushering in his kingdom in the, in the small, in the big, in the kind of um, extraordinary and the very ordinary as well. And then last week, we looked at uh, this idea of temple. What does it mean to be a temple people? Those who are hosting God's presence in every moment, in every sphere, in every place uh, that we go. And then um, today, the final one, you may have guessed. We're going to talk about table. And we're going to talk about this idea of table. So Matthew 9. um, This uh, story about, um, about Matthew... On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means, because I desire mercy and not sacrifice. We're not going to call the righteous, but the sinners. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we just, um, we slow down. We disengage from other things. And choose to engage with you. Lord, we're sorry for the moments where we are too distracted. But Lord, would you would you meet with us again? Open your word to us, we pray. Amen. For those of you who have been here, we've been uh, doing a little di- different format. So I'm going to speak for just a few minutes and then we're going to have... Uh, An interview uh, with Faith. Faith's going to come up and we're going to interview about Table. And then we're going to take some Q&A around this as well. Just How do we ground this really practically? How do we begin to be a people of Table? This is one of the most surprising yet typical stories of the way of Jesus. A tax collector. In other words, a collaborator against his own people. Uh, he was going, uh, collaborating against the Jewish people, basically getting into bed with the Roman Empire to make money. Or read, he is not a popular guy. And yet Jesus' call is this, follow me. Come and follow me. Or in other words, Jesus is saying, I think as, as far as is humanly possible, you can be like me. Come follow me. As we've said before, there's this is this ancient Hebrew idiom that rabbis throughout the ancient world would have used. And it basically translates as, you are brilliant enough, special enough, gifted and qualified enough to follow me as your rabbi. I think you have what it takes to become like me, is what Jesus is saying to Matthew. Jesus blows the known social and religious order of the world to pieces. The first act... Of Jesus to his new follower is this though. By the way, we're going to your house and we're going to eat. Um, I don't know if this ever happens in any of your houses. When I go, I always have this idea of like, guys, do, would, would you like to join us? Would you like to come? And my wife's like, are you kidding? There's nothing in the house. Why would you do that? The house is a mess. We haven't got any food. So whilst I'm excited by the thought that some people might come for food, my wife ages by about five years every time I do this. So you can imagine kind of this rabbi, who Matthew clearly thought was brilliant enough that he would leave what he was doing and follow him, turns to him and says, you're going to understand this because I'm going to come to your house for some food. It's like, um, excuse me? My, my house? And Jesus replies, oh yeah, this idea of life looks nothing like you've ever seen before. At the centre of Jesus' active earthly ministry, we find something really surprising. We don't find a movement that comes later. It's not even a church at this moment. Certainly not how we think about it. We don't find at the centre of it a crusade or a healing ministry. So he did these things. But the heart of Jesus' ministry is a table. Have you noticed that the moment Matthew becomes a follower of Jesus, the invitation is not to a meeting, but to a meal. It's not to a temple, but to a table. So what, what does this mean? Now we've said before Jesus' ministry was really intriguing. Because if, if we noticed, Jesus is doing basically one of three things in the New Testament. He's either going to a meal, or he's coming from a meal, or he's at a meal. That's basically what Jesus did. But this isn't just about food. Like with all the things we've talked about over the last few weeks, um, what we've looked at, the question is not what's the thing, but what is the thing pointing towards? So how is this table pointing beyond itself something more. Table, Table as an idea, as very simplest, is this convening mechanism for those whom we'll do life with and how we'll choose to do life with them. But there are people and organizations all over the world that gather people and it's nothing remotely to do with Jesus. Table is the most everyday way in which Jesus gets to, through our simple actions, tangibly express and offer what his kingdom is meant to look like. It's hard to overestimate how shocking the actions of Jesus are, both then and now, if we truly look at this. Just for a moment of pure heretical fun, this is the gospel according to Chris Arnold. Matthew, you are a bit of a screw-up, but come and follow me. By the way, we are on a really tight schedule Uh, we're going to straight to a series of rather important meetings with some very, very special people where I'm going to teach them incredibly deep and profound theology and we're going to do a 24-hour prayer and worship session during which Chiquaza's hands will be so exhausted they'll probably fall off but don't worry because I'm the son of God so I'll be able to heal him. After which, I probably need you to man the social media accounts, get the word out there, it's going to be a busy few years. Are you ready? The Gospel according to Chris Arnold, you're welcome. The gospel according to Jesus, come, follow me, let's go to your house, let's share some food with a few bums. That's the gospel according to Jesus. So what is going on here? Well, a lot is going on here for sure, and more than we have time to dig into. But for sure there's a new rhythm and a new cadence to life. Something happens when we choose to slow ourselves down around a table. Food and a table force us to do life at a different pace. If you want to know what this looks like, come to our house and eat with our kids. It's a nightmare. But it forces us to do life at a different pace. Secondly, this. We redefine the boundaries of who is at the table. We redefine the boundaries of who we're going to do life with. Jesus systematically breaks apart the laws of clean eating to be with those who most need him. For a Pharisee, eating with a sinner or a tax collector was to defile oneself. For, a, for the Pharisee, righteousness came through ritual purity and separation from sinners. And Jesus says, no, 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 come. You're meant to be at this table. You're meant to be eating with us. And I think it's really easy for us to go... Well, those laws are in place now, thank goodness. Aren't we good? We don't have those things, but we do. We don't want people at our table. We don't want certain people around us, those people who don't like us or who don't agree with us. Sometimes we make excuses. Oh, do you know, it would just be awkward if they came and had food with us. So we don't invite them. Sometimes we don't like people's choices, so they get excluded. Some of us are not intentional about about um, having non-Christians in our lives. Because we don't know any non-Christians, so we we never invite the lost and the broken around our table because we don't know them. And the Pharisees would applaud our decisions. We need to redefine the boundaries of who comes and sits around our table. Thirdly this, by doing life at someone else's table, we say, I value you. You are seen and known. I value your space. The table is this great leveller. It doesn't say to others, um, you need God's grace. though so you're looking down and saying, actually, you need God's grace. It says to those seated, we all need God's grace in a really different way. We are the same level. We commune in the same way. We share in the same space. And then this, we finally we offer a vision of something new. Look how radically different this place was with those who ate with Jesus. This isn't, you know, the Bible's being polite when it says sinners. But we can read into that and know that this is people that Jesus didn't, uh, probably didn't at times want to hang out with, but chose to time and time again. I wonder, the tables of our time, the places that convene people, they're often deeply insular, deeply guarded, and deeply managed. But we have an opportunity to do something new. I remember sitting with uh, someone a few months ago. They were a Christian celebrity. I don't know if that's a thing. I think it's a thing. A Christian celebrity. And I said, this is the way I think. I was like, dude, we should go into a bar. And we should start, like, just be be able to have conversations with people about why we do what we, we do. Let's just chat to people about it. He said, I could never be seen in a bar. It would ruin my reputation and my career. And I was like, what, like ruin it enough to get hanged? Is that what we're saying? And I think so often we put who we are before what Jesus wants to do. Are we not prepared to be different? We're called to more than a Christianized version of our world. Like, can we be called Christians but essentially act like everyone else? I am staggered, just as a a, a kind of reflection on this, I'm staggered at the amount of Christians who think it's okay to be rude and hateful towards others. Like, it might be woke to hate on certain people and to take to social media to call people out on it, but it is not Christian. Authentic table means we invite people. It means love your enemies. It means pray for those who persecute you. We don't change anyone by hating on them. And in what sense is the tables, the convening places of our lives, a place for those who we don't like, who we don't agree with? Are we going to be shaped and challenged and grown and nurtured, not just by the people who think the same as we do, but those who think differently? We're going to take a moment uh, just just to check in with the people around you. Um, see if they're feeling just as guilty as you are right now, and then, um, and Faith is going to come up. We're going to do the interview, um, but the guys have got some paper and pens. So if you have any questions on what does this look like, and we're going to really ground this, what does this look like? Um, jot them down, and if they're really tricky, don't worry, I'll give them straight to Faith. Guys, thanks so much. Um, I got to be honest, most weeks I'm sat here in a really uncomfortable chair. Like even when we had the stools, units, like we were falling off the stools. This week, these chairs are exquisite. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm looking forward
1: to.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when our entire church is decked out in beanbags and sofas and armchairs. That's my vision of church. Um, so, Faith, we we've put a table right in the middle of this. These are the things I think about as table. Like normally for me, sitting with a book in a nice, comfortable chair. But actually, it's, we're saying something else in this. We, we've been chatting on this, and faith, and food, and table, and Bible. I hadn't realized, as I looked into it, they're so kind of interwoven, aren't they? What
1: Completely connected. It's, um, so for me, one of the things is how fascinating it is how many times food is mentioned in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So if we look at something like money, Money mentioned, depending on the version that you're reading, about 800 times. The word holy, I think, is about 600 times. The word love, um, I think, was about 300 times. Pray, 300 times to five, depending on what version. Do you want to guess food? <laughs> okay, hold on. 1,207, if you want to be precise. But but of all the things, you know, when you're thinking holy, love, pray, all right, money, because we all need to kind of be warned about money and told about money, but it's like food, 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 and food is at the top in Genesis. Food is in the middle. Food is at the end, this great feast that we're going to have. And it's like, why? Like, Jesus was not just a hungry guy. He's just not like, hey, you, let's go to your house. Hi, everybody, sit down, let's have a meal, like, why there's a bigger thing behind food. So in Genesis, like, God creates the world, and then I think it's chapter 2, um, brings forth trees. that were beautiful and had delicious fruit. That's two of our senses. Like, you look at them, and they look good. This is Garden of Eden before they sinned, like nothing. How beautiful were those trees for that to be the description? And then delicious fruit, like, how delicious. So it's our sight and our senses. Like, why is that important to God?
0: I guess, because for sure, we could have, like, even if food was important, it could have been, like, it didn't have to taste the like functional. It could have been, like, functional yeah, stuff. So, yeah. And even now, like, with modern technology, we could just, like, I don't know, no. once a day hook up to a drip for 20 yeah, minutes exactly. and pump our body yeah. with what we need. Well, there's a
1: biscuit, small brown biscuit. <laughs> eat that. That's all you need for the week. Be done and now go be productive and go do real holy things, you know. <laughs> but why do we have to stop so many times in a day to stop and eat um we have sorry i have lots of fun facts guys we have over ten thousand taste buds like why for every and that's why eating is so enjoyable right like it's what it just induces just let's sit down and have a good meal like we could have had like one taste bud. it's functional just go eat that thing then go just go do holy things people like just go bring people to the kingdom so why is food so important to god so for me that was really fascinating just the string of it like throughout the bible
0: and as we've talked about it, table does something different to us, doesn't it? So like, like I said, it's, you know, it's not just about the food though, I think that's really important, but kind of what's your sense and what's it pointing beyond itself to?
1: Exactly, so, so then food is kind of like the, the centerpiece, the thing that draws us to the table. Um, so you'll find that a lot of times when you want to reach out to someone, when you want to communicate, when you want to connect, you'll start off with, you know, shall we get together for dinner, shall we have a coffee? But it's not about the coffee, it's not about the dinner, it's what is the image that's when you walked in and saw so this entire setup, like what is it that's invoked within you? It's comfort, it's secure, it's a safe space, it's let's just settle in and be ourselves. And so God creates this thing in this very beautiful way to draw us to a certain space But then there's a whole reasoning behind that space. You know, that's why I'm like, Jesus was not just a hungry person. There's a whole reason why there was table behind. There was a reason behind the table, right? When we go sit, Matthew, let's go to your house, and you're gonna have to feed all these people who are with Mm -hmm. me. But what am I communicating to you, Matthew? You are accepted. And now, once we're at the table, it's a space of grace. And then if we're gonna have a conversation, it's easier for you to hear me. It's not coming from a space of judgment. So there's so many different elements that I feel the table brings. So with Matthew, I felt that this is a space where Jesus was showing you are forgiven. Believe me when I say I love you, that I've called you Mm -hmm. to the kingdom. When I'm sitting at your table, I'm saying I'm accepting what you are offering me. Mm so I'm not coming from the top down, like you said. I'm not preaching at you. He never used to require everyone. He would sit, it says, he sat with sinners and tax collectors. He didn't require them to believe in him or to accept him before he sat with them. He just sat with them. Mm. And from that, we're allowed to assume that through that connection and through that being with him, that's how they got to know him, believe in him, and maybe choose him. We're also not told whether they all chose him, Mm. but he still sat with them anyway.
0: You know, people have reflected back to me over work over the last, I don't know, two and a half years. One of the things, probably the most common thing I've heard about COVID is the way it's shaped the working week. Mm. People now do meetings on on Zoom or not in person, and it's fine. There's you know there's great benefits to that. But the one thing they say is miss is the those moments around the coffee machine. Mm. Those moments where people kind of step out of this almost like transactional moment. To, to interact in a, in a different way, um, and I think table has that power to, to draw something out of us that wouldn't be there in a more functional meeting.
1: And it's um, what you are calling the slowing down, and it's uh, the power behind the table. So then again, tables do look different, so you are at a coffee machine. Uh, but the whole idea of let's go, whether we're going outside, because it happens outside as well, when we're going mm-hmm. to the office, and it's almost like, okay, this gives us permission to stop, take a pause, mm-hmm. I can look you in the eye, I can connect with you as a person, I'm now not wondering if you signed, you know, the voucher that you were supposed to sign, if you've handed in the report. It's almost like it gives you permission to stop and be human and connect face-to-face, heart-to-heart with someone. Hey, how are you doing? How are your kids? How's your son's tournament this weekend? And those two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, depending on the relationship we have with the person, allows you to stop and relate. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what I feel, that this is one, because I think there's different elements that God has given the power of table, and that's one of them. It's a space of connection, a space of slowing down, Mm -hmm. a space of this is what kingdom really is. Let's talk, let's see each other as... As we are, you're not the boss. Well, I'm not the boss, and you're the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll edit that out.
0: <laughs> um, and what about for those who are going, do you know what, I, I just don't know where this fits in. Like, I kind of get that. Like, I kind of get this is a nice idea, but what about, how does it actually fit in? What does that look like in real terms?
1: So, um, you know, sort of going back to... I think there's different kinds of table. I think it's easy to quickly format it to what we're comfortable with. So I do table really well. Like I'm always having people over for Sunday lunch and that's what we do. So I have no problem with table that works for me. Um, but there's smaller tables that, that let's have coffee table, like the, the let's have, um, let's stop at the coffee machine. But also even with the table that you have, are you intentional about it? Do you stop and think... I do have my Sunday lunches, but it's always with my four friends, the people I'm super comfortable with. You know, we do the same thing every single time. Mm. So just because you stop and have a version of table, that could just be food, actually. It could just be we're stopping to have a meal, but we thinking behind it all. So I think there's a challenge towards table. If you have table, does your table expand to include others? Do you allow your table to get uncomfortable? Do you allow yourself to go to uncomfortable tables?
0: And why is that important? Like, why is uncomfortable important? What does it do, how do you think?
1: It's um, us looking at what Jesus did when he was going out with the sinners and tax collectors. Now, that was a really... This is the thing. This is how bad tax collectors were considered. They couldn't even come under the category of sinners. It's like, we've got sinners, then we've got the tax collectors. (laughs) That's how bad it was. And for him to go out consistently, because it's mentioned a number of times in the Bible, um, this was not necessarily an easy thing for him to do. Like, he was making a really bold statement, and then he's going with his disciples who are, they were like us guys, guys, they were a rough bunch. It's just like, we're going to Matthew's house, okay, why is Jesus walking there? Like, are we really walking into that house? Okay, it was not a comfortable thing, but what was the purpose behind that when Jesus is saying, everyone is welcome to the kingdom, this is how we are part of one body, this is how we connect. This is a space for grace. This is a space that allows us to have hard conversations. Mm. Right? If you want to have a hard conversation, guys, don't do it on WhatsApp. Please <laughs> invite someone to coffee. It's so much easier. WhatsApp is not a table, right? <laughs> it is not a table. Um, and so this is Jesus modeling to us that there's a whole reason behind going behind going around our own discomfort because there's a bigger vision here when we are saying we are a mission in every space that we are. Mm. So being uncomfortable, so I get invited to a space because it's not always about people coming to us that makes us uncomfortable. You might be invited into a space where I don't know them that well or I don't know that part of town that well and I don't want to disrupt my day and I don't want, but what's the bigger picture? If you make yourself uncomfortable and go into that space, what is it speaking to that person, mm. right? What's what's that person going to speak into your life? Uh, that's also something to think about, and it's a challenge for all of us because all of us will have or do have uncomfortable tables, whether big or small.
0: And you know, it's, I think it's interesting just on that. We this is this idea of table. I think is probably the least valued of all the things we've talked about. Yeah. So you talk whether it's in church or in secular terms around what do you worship, or who are you becoming, or how are you trying to change the world? And the world's, like, in on those ideas. But when it says, um, so how are you going to slow down and be with people that you might change? They're like, what? Like, who does that? This is is such an alien concept, yet for Jesus, it seems to be front and center in the way that he goes about um, delivering things.
1: Yeah, and I think because in our world today, it's um, the things which get rewarded visually, even within the church, are different. So... Um, you know worship looks good and sounds good and it seems correct that's what we should be doing lift your hands in the air Um, preaching looks good sounds good that's what we're supposed to be doing but table is quieter it's smaller it's more generally more you know behind closed doors or you know out of the way it's not something that's big and loud and so when we are thinking at a shallow level, how do I live, you know, how do I become a better Christian? You're not thinking, you know, let me go hang out more with people. Let me connect more with people. You're thinking about, you know, how's my prayer life? How's my worship? You know, am I raising my hands? You know, Mm -hmm. did I listen to the sermon well? And that's just so easy to think that way because, again, it's just the world that we live in and how things are defined. Another thing, though, is that the things which are of great, great beauty to God then also are a target for the enemy. So how many, things are there around food that have been targeted by the enemy. How many of us are going to think twice or thrice about how we eat, what we eat because of what we think we're supposed to look like? Uh, Just there's so many things that have been attacked by the enemy around food and spaces of food, because this is a thing of great beauty to God and the intentionality that he had behind it.
0: Thanks, guys was oh, about 10,000
1: questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are not doing anything until Tuesday, right?
1: <laughs> I'm going to want to know who wrote me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and I think that just that idea of unhealthiness, you know, as I, as, I, as I read these encounters where Jesus sits with people, I look, this is the people that are together. This is the people that are enjoying food. and uh, whatever. Whereas you look at the kind of modern constructs around around the way we do food, it often makes us alone. Like, can we grab something on the run? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's often unhealthy. Yeah. It kind of, like, it's, it's not done to slow us down. We're actually, you know, we praise people who can speed up these moments yeah. in, in our life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think probably overvaluing the other parts, the extent where we squeeze life out of, um, out of what we're doing. If you were to add just some real practical tips, people sat here going, do you know i, I kind of get this what does it what does it look like to make table a part of my rhythm maybe some people are like i have no idea how to do any of this like what would you say to people
1: i think one of the easiest things to think is just to simplify it um i was talking with a friend it was with joss the other day actually about how you when when we think about what we're supposed to do you know like Oh, I need to get healthier, that means I need to go to the gym. All right, now I need to pay a personal trainer, I need to pay like a one-year membership, and then I need to... So we make it so big that it's almost impossible to wrap our minds around. But when you make it small, so whoever you are, um, maybe you're seated here and you're thinking, I'm an introvert, like that's a nightmare. Like having people come over to my house, that's just a nightmare. Then don't. Just have a one-to-one with someone make it as easy, whatever works for you. So for those who want to do big things, do big things. For those who want to do small things, do small things. Um, And something I find about the concept of table is table allows us, the whole idea of food and table allows us to start establishing that connection, um, that space of freedom, of love, and then you find that you're able to take table away, or you're able to take table with you, meaning that you don't always need to have food for the concept of table to continue. Mm. So you've spent time with people, you've built relationships, and you'll find that the elements that Jesus was building behind table, then now I can take a walk with someone, and we're able to continue connecting at that level. We're able to chat on the phone and continue with the reason behind table. So table allows us to start um, in an easy space. It's like a catalyst. And then you continue, yeah.
0: By the way, guys, some very good questions. I hope you're ready, Faith. There's so many. <laughs> um, I think this is fascinating. Um, what does table look like considering different cultures? Because um, yeah. as you read this story here, if you read this as a Westerner, you go, Jesus invited himself to someone's house? How dare he? <laughs> Whereas if you're going to Kenya, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm going to turn up to your house. He, he stayed the week, right? <laughs> Um, what does this so, look like in our different cultures? You know, often I've kind of shied away from different elements of table because I've gone, oh, I just don't know what that's going to feel like. I
1: don't know what it's going to be like. Or, gosh, what would they feel like coming to my heart? You know, what does that look like? It's one of the reasons I think God did table. It's on purpose. You know, I think it's brilliant that table forces us to think outside of ourselves. Mm. Right? So depending on where you're coming from, it's either for, that's really awkward, like I don't think we should be doing that, versus the others who are like, we're in there and I bought my cousin and my cousin had her friend with her and then we came and then, and I think that's brilliant about, for us as children of God and what we are called to do, table forces us to think beyond ourselves and outside of ourselves. So, um, So I wanted to give the example of, So my mom passed away a month ago. And, um, okay, I'll summarize it really quick. In that space, I saw people, we had all versions of table that happened. Mm. Um, People who could pop in briefly, people who could sit for a long time. Uh, We had very simple coffee. I mean, sometimes I'd forget to offer you. People would serve themselves, (laughs) (laughs) or we'd have bigger meals. Um, But to answer to this question of culture, um, one of the things that spoke to my heart the most was seeing people do things that ideally they would be very uncomfortable with. So in different cultures where it's like, well, this is like a really private time. This is, you know, let the family grieve. These friends would look and they'd be like, "But actually that's not what faith wants, even without asking me directly, but understanding, and stepped outside of themselves and would show up, bring whatever they were bringing um, Yeah, and what it spoke was it's more than feeding us or giving us coffee. I probably shouldn't have been drinking caffeine in that season, you know it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but beyond that, but the message that it spoke of this is, is Jesus. I saw Jesus, I saw. God, so much in that season, and even until now. Yeah,
0: you know, I think just reflecting on that, rarely can we get it wrong by trying to lean in.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, by being removed, we can get it wrong. By by trying to lean in, rarely do we do we get it wrong. We might not quite interpret things how we need to. Yeah. But I don't think we're we're going to offend people by saying, "Can I bring food for you tonight?" Yeah. Or can I just come and and sit with you and be with you?
1: So one of my favourite stories is. Um, maybe the day after it happened or two days after it happened. So this is a friend of mine, and it's we spent enough time together where I can now say our table doesn't always require having food. And so she wanted to come over and see me. And, um, well, she came home, and I think she wasn't sure whether we were home or Maybe, so she's different culture. So she thought, you know, maybe there's a huge gathering because the gate is taking really long to be open. So she brought flowers and she threw them, she threw them over the gate. <laughs> she
0: was British, right? She's, That's the kind of thing we she's, do.
1: She's, and so I get these flowers and I'm like, who are they from? And just trying to figure out. And I'm like, okay, what? And so she sends a text later. So really sorry, didn't want to interfere. I just want to say I love you so much. And those are the flowers. And I call her I'm like, why did you throw them over the gate? <laughs> Come for coffee next time. Anyway, so she came every single day. But that act of, we've laughed about it so much since then, but this was such a different thing for her because that's not something you would do. So even the, let me buy flowers and try sneaking and see if I can, okay, this might not be the right thing to do. I think I got it wrong through the flowers and drive off (laughs) because my gardener got her driving off. Um, But what it has spoken is, this is now a month later. It's been a month and that's still the story that we laugh about.
0: What about when you're, when you're trying to avoid the table? What about when you're trying to avoid conversations with people and, and things? What would be your encouragement? Maybe where you feel unwelcomed in a space or you feel like this, what would you encourage people?
1: I think that's just really something to just actively think about and to pray over because you do not want to, you don't want to avoid table because it's not table that you're avoiding. It's something else that you're avoiding. And you want to get to, I call it root cause in my coaching. You you want to get to why is it that I feel I'm avoiding? Do I feel unloved? Do I feel unaccepted? And when you have that lens in front of you, it blocks you from then the people who are trying to love you, from the people who are trying to invite you in. So it becomes very easy to say, um, I'm not welcomed in in this space or uh, because I'm not comfortable. This is my excuse for doing A, B, C, D. Um, But this is not what Jesus called us to. Um, And when you open up yourself to table, there is healing that comes even for those wounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So another example from the Bible actually is, so it's, um, well, after Jesus has resurrected, the disciples are out, they're fishing all night. They found no fish at all. And then they're coming back and they're dejected and there's this man on shore. And he's like, have you caught any fish? And they're like, no, we didn't catch. And then he's like, cast your net over. And they cast. And when they catch the fish, they realize it's Jesus. And Peter jumps out of the boat and runs to Jesus. Then Jesus makes them food. That's what he does. He makes them breakfast. He makes them fish. And then after they've eaten together, because Peter's last conversation with Jesus was when he denied him three times. And so after they've eaten... Three times is when Jesus, Peter, do you love me? Yes, of course, absolutely, Peter, do you love me, Peter? So after the meal was that space for healing, Mm. and Peter got validated, and Jesus chose to do it at the space of a meal, and that's one of the powers of the table. It allows healing to come through. So if it's something that you struggle with, it's good to ask yourself why, to understand that rejection does not come from every single table, so that your ears are open to the tables that you actually are being invited to, mm. or that you could invite also. Again, it's okay to get uncomfortable <clears throat> and allow for healing.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, Jesus around the table, like, the night before he... Um, he's uh, Well, the night he's arrested. Yeah. Like, I that thought, I thought was me, kind of the night, knowing what was about to come, I'm like, I'm just going to take some time. Yeah. I'm going to be on my own.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Jesus doesn't. He sits around the table... He washes their feet. He invites Judas to be there. Like, talk about a messy table. And no, uh, like guys, think
1: about it. Jesus is like, so I've got two hours, and <laughs> these guys are coming, and Judas is sitting right there. The disciples are not behaving well. They're like, <sighs> they're not listening well. They're like arguing who's the best and what you. Like, it was not like a good last. Supper. Right. (laughs) But Jesus was really kind and he was really patient, you know. Remember me, please, you know, with the wine and remember me when you're eating. They were not behaving well, but how kind and how present was he in that space and in that moment?
0: You know, I don't think we can control other people's behavior around the table, but we can control our own. And we can begin to offer something that (laughs) offers the kingdom of God in that space. Um, Other people don't. You know, my... My son started doing this thing recently, which is really interesting. He keeps, in the middle of dinner, he insists on sitting next to me, and then he'll kind of nudge me, and he'll say, Papa, you're eating too quickly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right, I do. Um, but what, what he's, I think, as I talk to him a little bit, he's saying, I don't want to rush this moment. Mm. Um, and are we going to be present that moment for it to, to matter and to grow? A slight change. I just want to, because I want to, I want to get this thing because it's really important. What is the place of kind of table and church and the voice when it comes to food being an idol mm. um, around kind of anorexia, mm. bulimia? I guess you could put in like gluttony as well, like kind of mm. the, the, both ends of the spectrum mm. around food as an idol. What? What does it look like for the
1: church in that space? Did someone write that question?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I actually want to read something. Um, This is something that was online, an article online. Um, but It just ties back to the fact, you know, when we're talking about the enemy will come at anything that is of great beauty um, and formed by God. So, but food is also at the heart of our rejection of God. The very first act of rebellion was an act of eating. Ever since that time, our relationship with food often goes wrong because our relationship with God has gone wrong. We find comfort in food instead of refuge in God. We use food or avoid food to make ourselves desirable so others can worship us. Our fractured relationships and greed mean many in our world go without food. We overeat, we undereat. Food is integral to our humanity. So it's no surprise to find that our brokenness shows up in our relationship to food.
0: Yeah, you know, we have a we have an obligation as a, a congregation, I think, to invite people into a healthy form of table, right? To to model something else. I remember kind of growing up where there was this there just wasn't that sense of table. We sat in front of a TV to eat, we sat right. alone yeah. to eat, and my dysfunction around how I look at food, uh, you know, kind of often mirrors the way that I I think about God sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes, even when we recognize that we have a broken relationship um, with food, oftentimes, again, because the world is so loud that we look for our solutions in a a worldly way. Mm. Um, And what happens then is how people go down, you know, sort of those roads of um, high dysfunction around food. But for us who are in the body of Christ, recognizing that this is an area that God seeks to redeem and God seeks to heal and that that's something that he wants to work with us. So it's not about what's the best diet or how much weight should I lose or how do I look in the mirror, but it's recognizing what is this saying? Is this, do I accept that God loves me? And when he says I am fearfully and wonderfully made, do I believe that? Um, Do I seek my satisfaction from man and my meaning from man, or I do, do I seek this from God? And mm-hmm. knowing that this is what we need to redirect, like back to the Father.
0: And as we gather, I think what's really important is the, the table that we are able to give to people. So um, I was just hearing someone this week talk about what they call eight touches. Mm. And they say when people come into their church, their aim is to make sure they have eight touches, as in a word, or an encouragement, or a handshake, or a hug, or whatever it is from people, um, and they say, because it takes at least eight to uh, to nullify one negative that we may have had. Mm-hmm. So if we come into church and go, and we look in the mirror and go, "I just do not love myself," mm. or "I'm struggling with this," or "I'm finding this hard," mm. we as a res- we as a church have a, a corporate responsibility to say. We are gonna we're gonna step in and we're gonna offer at least those eight touches and more. Um, you know, as I talk to people about church, you know, no one ever leaves the church because um, the preaching's rubbish or the children's work's not good or whatever. Very rarely do I hear that people leave church because they're not loved, mm. they don't feel loved, they're not mm. in relationship, they're not in connection. Mm. That's why we talk about community groups all the time mm. um, because we have a, you know, I think we have a, a responsibility to offer table.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to think about um, when you find yourself withdrawing from table or you find yourself reluctant at a table, to think about what is it that has put me in this position and what is it that I need to? So again, talking about tables of grace, tables of forgiveness, um, tables of brokenness, what is it that's the underlying message here? And then it's easier to then speak with God and say, well, this is then what needs healing in me. Yeah.
0: Mm. Guys, can we put our hands together for a favor? That was a great no, 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 you. you can't. No, no, yes. no, 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 can. no. Wait, no, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. No, they, no, they ask they me can. questions. I
1: want to ask them a question. No, no, no. It's, it's not your talk show. It's no, my talk I have a show. question. This is I, I do have a question. It's not my talk show. You guys, you know me. Like I don't follow the rules. That's what happens. All right, so I have a question for you guys. And I want you guys to think about this. if my phone will cooperate and move. That's a sign from <laughs> <laughs> divine. <Yeah>. Thanks, divine. <laughs> Is that you who said that? So Christian, <laughs> I would like you to stand up and answer. <laughs> With whoever's next to you, uh, twos, threes, actually let's talk about our tables, right? So do we pay attention to our tables? Do we think about the why behind our tables? Do we have any conditions for our tables? Yeah. Do we, are we like, no, she can't come because she's this, or I don't want to go there because of this. So what choices do we make about our tables? Okay. Mm. So really quickly, twos, threes. Yeah. We you, have,
0: you have like two or three minutes, and then we're going to close and we're going to pray. Um, thanks, Faith. Okay, guys. Chat to one on our left. <laughs> Guys, you know what? We, we, as a church, we don't have a table. We are a table and that's really important that we we get this and do you know, I don't know just as we were thinking there's a there's a couple of things in here isn't there there's those there's those carrying pain and baggage in yeah, here yeah, around this. Yeah. those who look to isolate themselves and be disconnected yeah. and mm. I I just want I want you to know that you're you're loved um, I think that's what God wants you to know as well and that's really important and what and just, yeah, we, we need to apologize for where the church has failed people on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but of all the things that Jesus talks about that we looked at today, being a, a table people was so important. And this is why we're doing this series, because we've got to grab hold of, of this stuff and, and run with it. And then I think to each one of us, just to open our hands and say, this is how we could be a table people in our community, in our in our midst. If you're anything like me, you're you know, you're wondering what, what does this week look like? But I was just thinking I have twenty one meals at least coming up in the next week. <laughs> Hopefully a few more. But I have twenty one meals at least coming up. Am I able to offer two, three or four of these to others? Am I able to say this is God, this is your space? Not just the grace we say beforehand but the entirety of it all. So let's just respond in a moment of prayer and then, we'll, and then we'll sing. And then guys, just go share some coffee. Get to know some people. Invite someone for lunch. Invite me for lunch. Oh no, I'm already invited for, I'm already invited for lunch. Yeah.
1: Are um, you like, what? <laughs>
0: Faith, what do you, why do you pray
1: for us? All right guys, let's pray. And I'll ask you to close your eyes. And... Just think about your tables and what you need to add to your table or what you need to take away from your table. Um, What is it that you struggle with with regards to your table? What is it that you can share about your table? And just offer it to God. So let's pray. So Lord, we just uh, lift our hearts to you this morning and we, we thank you because of this message that you share with us. That you're choosing to teach us that there's a larger power and a larger message behind table. That you've chosen today to talk to us about your intentions and your reasons behind table. The tables can come in spaces of joy and in spaces of sorrow. The tables bring us together. The tables bring healing, bring forgiveness, bring laughter. The tables help us to create this bond of love that you've asked us as your people to emulate. The table becomes an easier space to invite you in, where we are equal as your children. Table is a space that allows us to see each other as equal, as (coughs) brothers and sisters. The tables break down boundaries and bring down the walls that we unknowingly put up sometimes. The tables can break social barriers, cultural barriers, economic barriers, age barriers. So help us to be a people who are bold enough and willing enough to be uncomfortable, to be inconvenienced because of the treasure and the blessing that it brings. Mm. So we offer ourselves to you as incomplete and as broken as we are, knowing that in you we find completion. Mm. And so we surrender ourselves to you today and in the week ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay. Yeah.